0: I'm not, baby! It's
1: Jake Lee.
0: I'm great! Everybody else sucks! Oh, no! It's every nightmare I've ever had! Excuse me.
2: It's time to check the link.
0: Pretty crazy, huh? But it doesn't matter because none of this has anything to do with the show. You know what? You just made the list! (laughs) Oh, wait, you serious? Let me laugh even harder. It's all in. Sports. Sure, we talk about it all the time.
1: Really? No. Game on everybody, it's all in sports. Are you ready for some football talk? A lot of it today. Special guest Brandon funston somebody I work with over at The Athletic, where our draft kit has officially launched. And there's a super great discount out there. Go to my rankings page. And it should show up, but if it doesn't, you can also go find the link on the tweets that we have sending out. It's 40% off if you're a new subscriber, so it's an early bird offer. Make sure you get involved for that if you haven't yet. On a separate note, listen to the end. It's gonna I'm, I'm going to marvel this episode, as in there's going to be a mid-credits scene, so to speak. I'm going to explain what happened with my shooting my shot of asking out the dentist receptionist I it's like I don't want to spoil anything. So if you listen to the end of the show in the middle of the DuckTales outro, I'm going to cut in and give you the story. And see what you guys have to say. But we're going to start things off fantasy-wise as always and we're going to start things off with one of the best guys in the business including the other great people at the Athletic. So let's get to today's guest and he's over at the Athletic with me And the first time on this podcast which is it's all all greatness Brandon it is Brandon <laughs> Constance Actually, you know what? I I didn't even check before we did this because I was following you back in the day when you were like, "Is it still one B fun?" Or was like, is, or "Did you change your Twitter handle?" Like, what's your Twitter handle now?
0: Yeah, it's uh, very straightforward now at Brandon Funston. You like okay, that? Okay, so
1: you did change it.
0: <laughs> I did. When yeah, was the change? Uh, when did when did that happen? It was honestly about two years ago. So um, yeah, <laughs> I think at one B fun might still work though. So. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, you know, pretty straightforward. Like I said, it seemed like the, the right thing to do. I, I always, I always like use at one be fun. as like my username for everything. And I was like, okay, what, you know, really, it probably makes more sense to just use my whole name here for the Twitter sphere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I plus like at what would be fun. That was when you didn't even have a profile picture and you didn't actually even use Twitter barely and people were wondering if you were really out there.
0: So I think I had like a picture of Maurice Jones Drew up there forever, like flexing and uh, <laughs> yeah. uh one of my all time faves. But uh yeah, that was that was back in one I'm I'm at like one point one now on the on the Twitter stream.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're getting there slowly? I'm
0: getting there. <laughs>
1: you, you'll be ready by two thousand and forty when you're ready to retire. It'll be good.
0: That's right. That's right. But, uh, yeah, it took me a year, but I finally broke onto your podcast. I'm so, I'm so honored.
1: I know. Well, I mean, we had to have this special podcast this week because the draft kit has launched, which is Woo-hoo. ridiculously, yes, it's ridiculously deep. I mean, there's so much. I don't think you could get through it in a week. I, I, that's how much is there right now. And, Brandon, as you know, and we've been having the discussions because we've been having the meetings, this is only like half of what we have coming out.
0: I know. I was looking at the the draft kit page and I'm like, you know, as a user, I might be a little bit frustrated because it's like, where do you start? You know, it's like, you almost like to have everything compartmentalized and kind of in easily digestible morsels. And I look at that page and go, oh my gosh, I'm a little overwhelmed. Where do I go with this? But uh, you start with the rankings, you know, and you start with the draft and then you, and then you work your way through and you, and you're right. It might be a week. It might be a little bit longer, but you'll get there.
1: No, that's, see, that's the good thing is you got plenty of time because phase two is basically like July and then August. So this gets you ahead of everybody else, which that's that's what the good appeal is.
0: That's right. That's right. And then things start happening in in training camps, and and then there'll be like the the second big push in August where where things start to get a little bit more real. But you got to get your you got to get your foundation in place ahead of that.
1: I just got to get Nanda to stop making these titles go down to a second line of text. Like, I, <laughs> Because I keep telling, I was like, it's to chop it down to one line, and then I go back and I update his like I brief like I used OBJ instead of Odell Beckham, and I got that like I got that one down to one line, and then he adds up like in parentheses with letter grades, and now it goes to two <laughs> lines again. Like, stop making these things two lines.
0: I can't tell you how long I stared at the draft kit headline on the desktop because Kit rolled over. I know over it's to the all
1: by itself,
0: and I was like. how how, we got to fix that? How do we fix that? I just staring at it going all those words seem like they belong there, but one of them needs to go or we need to add them because they can't just sit there by itself. So
1: I know I I told them the same thing. I said, so we drop it to athletics, 2019 fantasy football (laughs) draft kit or drop 2019. It's not like people think they're going to come to the page and be like, Oh, Oh, this is too I was looking for 2017. (laughs) I was, I was expecting like, so, but he said he tried it and he, we also said that this is how the MLB one was. I was like, yeah, but this is, that's kind of like, don't change for the sake of don't change it still thank you I'm glad you agree that kit looks weird just hanging there by itself
0: Uh, it did and it was so late in the game I just decided okay I'm not gonna rock that you know
1: what I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take 2019 out and see if he notices
0: do it do it yes
1: (laughs) We made that decision. We should probably talk some fantasy football. We are going to sprinkle in a little fantasy baseball because Brandon and I both still do plenty of fantasy baseball. Brandon, you actually, if you want to tell everybody, because I normally do it, but it's always more fun when the person can do it himself. You have podcasts even going deep into fantasy baseball right now still over there. Can I say at the athletic? Apparently not.
0: At at the athletic, that's right. Almost daily. We're still called almost daily for now. Um, and actually, I'm going to be jumping on with Al Melchior and uh, Derek Van Riper today after I'm done talking with you. So, I jump on their pod once a week, and uh, yeah. So, talking baseball, but I'm really kind of just trying to keep up with those guys because they're they're pretty hardcore. And I'm I got one foot in the football waters now. I feel like those guys are still firmly entrenched <laughs> in football. So uh listen to me but listen to them more for sure
1: yeah i got i think i have like two toes left into baseball right now that's that's kind of just I'm, I'm hanging on over there <laughs> barely but let's say hey, we're talking football draft kit well like i said i'm gonna get a little bit of baseball in here at the end because there's a couple of interesting things in the philosophy of players that we're gonna get to for baseball but first off the top so i had a conversation i did pat mayo's show which a very good friend of the podcast friend of ours friend of people we we used to work with uh and it was about tight ends. It was tight end rankings, and we ran through his rankings. It's basically he and I talk it out for his purposes. He always gets my opinion and moves his rankings a little bit. And, of course, the biggest topic at the beginning was Travis Kelsey. And I think that's a big question for everybody this year because Travis Kelsey, we know, has that Gronkowski first-round value. But, Brandon, where do you – like, are you somebody that you could see taking Kelsey, but it would only be the 10th, 11th, 12th pick, or is it – I need to be in the second round because I can't pass on a running back. Like, where are you ready and willing to take Kelsey? Uh,
0: I I would say that it doesn't really matter because there's going to always be one guy in my league that's ready to take him before me. (laughs) Uh, But it really, if I were to put a number on, it's probably sometime after pick 15. Um, So you're not getting him. I'm not getting him. And. And I'm okay with that. And I I, I understand why Travis Kelsey is great, and, but I can count on one hand. I don't even need the whole hand how many times I owned Rob Gron- Gronkowski in his prime, you know. It's just um, – it's not that taking the tight end like that, that early is wrong. It's that you're also using a spot that then kind of – then you're, you're – you know, that's where you're getting your running backs and your wide receivers. And so if you take a tight end that early – You're scrambling a bit on those positions. Um, And and with Kelsey, you know, we have – I don't know. I mean, you look at Peyton Manning and Tom Brady's biggest years and all these spike years, do you feel like that was a spike year? He's coming down a little bit. Would you be surprised if he's 83, 1,038 yards and eight touchdowns, which happened to have been his 2017 line? I mean, maybe somewhere between the two years. It's still probably a wide receiver one level production um, but I just am not willing to reach any higher than the top fifteen.
1: See, and I'm with you on that. And it's not as you said the positional value in and of itself is enormous. But as you said, so if you put them at wide receiver, even with last year's numbers, you put them at wide receivers. Wide receivers seven or eight, right around there. Right. Wide receiver seven or eight is not coming off until the middle of the second round. Even a full PPR might be like around the 15th pick as you're talking. So to go back to what you're saying is that's why I'm with you is because if you invest in Kelsey, it's not quite what I say every year and try to hammer down people's throats. is like, don't buy all the risk. Um, because in the first two or three rounds, you're buying your players at their peak value anyway, because this their first, second round picks. But right. when it comes to Kelsey, it's that added. If you make that investment, he has to be Kelsey from last year. He has to be Gronkowski because if not, the drop off of what you just have said, like you're going to have an inherent drop at running back or wide receiver, which is fine if Kelsey is Kelsey. But now if he's not, you're doubly screwed instead of just being screwed over. Like, okay, well, my one pick was a little bit of a disappointment.
0: And oh, by the way, we're not, it's not an apples to apples season. Kareem Hunt's not their running back anymore. It's Damian Williams who I like, but you know, we're going to go into a full season with him. You got Tyreek Are Hill. You- are you guys, I was
1: about to say, are you, would you be happier? Like, let's say, I, I think we're going to have somewhere in the four to eight game range, seeming, but it's the NFL, who the hell knows. But yeah. let's, let's take it a full season wise. Let's say no Tyreek Hill. Are you more or less inclined to take Kelsey? Or do you prefer Hill being on the field for Kelsey's value?
0: I don't. I don't necessarily think. I, I, I'm not immediately like, oh, it, one's going to be way better than the other. I understand both sides of the of the coin on that one. That Tyreek Hill's gone. Defensive attention gets drawn his way. But oh, by the way, they have Sammy Watkins and Miko Hardman, who is, you know, a young. He's a rookie, but he's, you know, for all intents and purposes, a Tyreek Hill clone. He's a he's a flyer. He's a you know he's ridiculously quick. And I think they drafted him as a contingency plan, but also because they liked him. So. I don't know that I'm really vastly different one way or the other. Like, if Tyreek Hill is out for the entire year, I might still draft him in the same spot.
1: Yeah, see, I'm with you, too. I'd Like, I, what I told Pat yesterday was if Tyreek Hill's out for the all 16 games, is that the target share is obviously going to go up, but I could see less efficiency for Kelsey because of the defensive attention. Not that he already wasn't getting plenty of defensive right. attention, but it's even more so because, as you mentioned with Hardman, let's be honest about Hardman. As you said, you said he's a rookie. The biggest thing, too, is he doesn't have the route running. Like People don't realize Tyreek Hill is a terrific route runner. So, yes, you're right. He is a clone of him, but he's not on Hill's level just yet. The second part of this, and this is the reason, I tell Pat, this is why I... Even more so, and waiting and not taking Kelsey is because I think we see a little bit of a rebound this year. And what I mean in a rebound is the next tier. So forget Kelsey, forget Ertz, forget Kittle. I'm not taking a tight end in the first three, probably four rounds for those guys. Because in round six, a lot of times I'm getting one of the three of OJ Howard, Evan Ingram, and Hunter Henry. And I think they're going to be on that tier's heels, not quite as good, but on their heels enough that. I'll wait to the sixth round, get one of those three, and still have the first five rounds to go after running backs and wide receivers.
0: I absolutely agree. And I asked, actually something I was thinking about before the show that I was gonna wanted to bring up was that I really liked that group of guys that you just mentioned right there. And they are going three, four, five rounds later in some instances. And you look at Evan Ingram. I mean, he had, what, five straight games to close the year where he was 66 yards or better. I mean, if Evan Ingram plays 16 games, like, What's his What's his ceiling? It's pretty pretty high in a, in a, you know an Odell-less world there with the Giants. I mean, that's been the the thing with him. He just needs to stay healthy, but I think he's got thousand-yard potential if he played sixteen games.
1: I'm I'm completely with you on that, and even with the addition of Golden Tate, because you know there's the point of like, oh well, Odell Beckham comes off the field, Evan Ingram's great. That wasn't you know replaced by Golden Tate, but. Colin Tate at this point of his career, I don't think it's the, I don't think it's the impact enough of losing Odell Beckham. It's like, Oh, that's fine. Oh, we have Tate. Evan Ingram's going to be disappointing. Like he was with Odell. I'm with you. If it's 16 games, I think of this group, as much as I'm in love with OJ Howard, as much as I'm in love with Hunter Henry, if you told me out of these three, which was the most likely what you just said to reach like a thousand yards because of that situation, I would say it's Ingram. Like, I think the touchdowns are going to be higher for Henry and OJ Howard, but the yeah. yards to your point, uh, that's where I'm going. So. Speaking of George Kittle, to go back to him real Mm. quick, the 49ers are interesting. And I say they're interesting because I don't think anybody out there, at least myself, maybe you have a different angle, maybe we'll hear some more from the beat writers, but I don't think anybody can definitively say what we're going to see for the 49ers, like, we can say Tevin Coleman should rebound under Shanahan. We can say, you know, we got a little bit of a sample of Jimmy Garoppolo, and that means even better for Dante Pettis, because look at what Dante Pettis was doing last year with Mullins. And then they draft Debo Samuel as one of the best route runners in the draft, but then there's the – there's the uh, uh, ta- not Taiwan, I keep want to say Trent Taylor. <laughs> the Trent Taylor talk that Wes Welker is coaching him up, and he's like – and then again, I go back to – is the fact that, again, who's Garoppolo going to like? Like, yes, Pettis was fine, but what if Garoppolo likes Marquise Goodwin the best? Like, do you have any kind of sense of, like, where you're drafting, how you feel about this team, the value you think? Are you just kind of saying, you know what, there's way too many questions, let somebody else deal with it?
0: That's it right there. That's kind of where I've been. I mean, I did end up with Tevin Coleman uh, in our mock draft that we did this past week, but uh, that was kind of a – i had a that was like the one instance i think in a in a draft where the top three guys i had cued went in the three you know succession right right before me so Isn't that the worst it's the worst and i was drafting you know <laughs> on tilt at that moment and like under, <laughs> under the gun i'm like oh kevin coleman i guess but i don't like to get into those situations like i steer clear of uh you know these these situations where there's guys lined up i mean Love Debo Samuel. Jalen Hurd's going to be good, I think. Uh, I think I feel the best about Dante Pettis because I do give a lot of value to one year of experience in a system, and especially with a guy who flashed like that. And he's getting a lot of – there's a lot of good lip service coming out about how he's been looking as as a more complete receiver this year and and stuff like that. So if I'm drafting one of them, it's probably Pettis. But I'm not thinking about these guys early. I'm not going to try to – I think that I have some kind of a – advantage that i know something that somebody else doesn't know i just think it's it's completely up in the air and you're right this is a fascinating team because there's a ton of talent a lot of unknown talent across the board at wide receiver uh the running back situation is completely up in the air because there's three really viable guys and i think the only guy that you can really hang your hat on is george kittle
1: <laughs> i'm with you i like i'm i'm a pettis debo as expecting what I think is going to happen, but to the point of, as in the two most valuable, like I don't think Marquise Goodwin is going to ride the bench, but to your point, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Goodwin is second, even best. It wouldn't surprise me if Taylor is, you know, the check down slot option and Wes Welker's coached him up to be great. Or if like you mentioned, we are not even talking about Jalen Hurd, who is still transitioning and learning and becoming better at the position. So, there's a lot of moving pieces in uh, the backfield. If everybody's healthy, which I think that's the, that's the best part about well, I don't want to say best because I want to say it's best <laughs> that gets hurt. But I'm saying like, there are so many injury questions in that backfield that I have a feeling we'll at least get a little bit of clarity by the time the like, – I don't – put it this way. I don't think Coleman, McKinnon, and Breida are all going to be 100% by week one.
0: Do you, do you think Coleman's going to be the leading man?
1: I do, but I don't think that means as much as it does on most teams.
0: Like, yeah, so he he was well, he, I guess he was the most the most he's ever been a leading man last year with with Freeman out, but he got he got to 199 total touches. Will he get to 200 this year?
1: Uh I would say only if Breeder and McKinnon are hurt.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: And that's why I'm staying away like you are. Like I think the Coleman like like Coleman got you just mentioned it. He got his chance last year. Like if there's anything on a sidebar, real quick, Brandon, I said this on another podcast. I'm pretty sure you'll agree, too. I don't think any player lost more free agency money than Tevin Coleman did last year.
0: Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. Maybe he's just best in a supporting role. <laughs> you know, maybe that's his deal. It's just a he, change he, of pace.
1: Yeah, he could be Lamar Miller. It could be like, you know what, he's better if you give him 14 to 16 touches a game. and But he's going to yeah. have basically the same production on fewer touches. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I will say he was pretty good. You know, he was a pretty good guy down close to the end zone in Atlanta. And maybe that'll, you know, be the difference maker for him is that they're going to probably turn to him when they get those point blank shots. And, you know, he's probably a decent bet for seven, eight touchdowns. But, uh, you know, it could be that all the rest of these guys are splitting yardage, uh, you know, fairly evenly.
1: Yeah, they start turning to Breida inside the five or something like that. So yeah, I'm with you. Um, some other talk. This is some other off-season news that we're hearing. This comes for two different reasons. Because with the Packers, Brandon, one side is let's talk fantasy. The other side is let's talk real life NFL. <laughs> Apparently, what a surprise! Aaron Rodgers is causing problems already. Like, if anybody hasn't seen, Aaron Rodgers has already come out and talked about the change to the floor and saying that. It's a little bit different. Like, I'm paraphrasing. You know, a little bit different than what he expected. He used to have more autonomy. Uh, auto, I'm going to skip that word because <laughs> apparently I'm tongue-tied this morning. I can't say the athletic. I can't say autonomy. There you go. See, I just Woo! have to about saying something else. <laughs> so, at the point, is, like he freely – we knew this. This is the whole problem last year we heard where he would just change plays. Players were talking about the fact that, you know, they went into the huddle and he was like, screw it, I'm doing this. And that's Aaron Rodgers. It, I think that's part of – you understand how good he is. You understand what comes along with it. So, on the pure football side of it, Brandon, is one is do you think this is good for the health of the team? Because it's not, we haven't even gotten to training camp yet. And Rogers already talking about the fact that he doesn't like how stringent things are and he doesn't have more freedom. And then, do you think that rolls over into a maybe, you know what? Maybe last year it wasn't Rogers wasn't 100% healthy. Maybe it was just Aaron Rodgers isn't as good a decision maker as we think he is.
0: Yeah, I'm, I, it's interesting. Is, is Aaron Rodgers at the point where, like Peyton Manning was, where basically he's the offensive coordinator on the field, and we just got to accept that and, and and give it to him because he's earned it, or or is it, they pick up too much Brett Favre, you know, in his early days, and he you know he makes more mistakes and he makes more dumb decisions than Peyton Manning, and you can't trust him quite as much. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers at the point where he doesn't want to listen to anybody but himself, you know, yeah. and so I don't know. I mean, that's. That said, Matt LaFleur did not uh, overwhelm me with his <laughs> offensive uh, you know, system in Tennessee. And so I'm not sure that I'm a big believer in him either. So th- we could be ba- – you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. That might be the situation in Green Bay this year.
1: I, I think so as well. So let's talk about that situation. And you look at it uh, – we'll save the running backs here for a second. Let's talk about the wide receivers because the wide receivers, we know it's Devontae Adams. And we know Jimmy Graham's still hanging around uh, despite, you know, looking at the end of his career. (laughs) But specifically wide receiver right now it's Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Geronimo Allison, and then the others in my opinion. Everybody knows this by now. I am not an Equinemius St. Brown fan. They still have Jamal Moore. They still have Kumaro. There's other pieces, but I think the two clear pieces are the Allison and Valdez-Scantling. In your drafts, or at least if you're going forward, I don't know how many you've done already, is there one you like more than the other between Valdez, Scantling, and Geronimo Allison? Or maybe are, are you at Equinamia, St. Brown, and think that I, you're crazy, by the way, if you do.
0: <laughs> uh, I want to see how this one plays out, but I'm kind of more interested in Allison. I know, I know MVS is getting a lot more buzz right now. And, and you know some of my reasoning is the fact that I, I owned Scantling a, a, a fair bit last year, and he popped early. And that's probably when I started owning him and when everybody else started owning him. But the ride the rest of the way was mostly <laughs> was mostly a bummer. You know, there yeah. was – yeah. <laughs> and with Allison, and, and I know you know this, like, you know, he had 64-plus yards in four straight games, a couple touchdowns sprinkled in, was looking like the clear number two, and then he gets injured and only, you know, gets a week eight appearance after that, and that's it. And he was done for the year. So I feel like Geronimo Allison, with the level of experience he has and the way he was trending last year – that if he has a good camp, he's a guy I want to be invested in more so than, than MVS. But I think it's really close to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, I I think so as well. And I've honestly, so far to this point, have kind of been 50-50 back and forth. And, you know, uh, you know, I'll take a few shots in Allison. I'll take a few shots in Valdez-Scantling because it's still super early. Talk about real quick the backfield because I'm getting – this is surprisingly out of my rankings. I expected Lamar Jackson at 10th to be the one where everybody was like, whoa, what the hell are you thinking? Blah, blah, blah You must – you know, all that type of stuff. The one I'm getting the most pushback on is Aaron Jones at running back. And it's Remind me the, where you have him. I'm about to tell you. I have him. Okay. 21st and half point PPR, and it's purely based on projections. If you look at the names in front of them, and it's like I don't want to give too much away for free. This is why you go over to the athletic and get all these good things, and Brandon, myself, and everybody else. But the fact is, is it's not Aaron Jones' talent, I, and I keep I keep saying this, Brandon. It's like people don't I I, I don't understand why people can't make the, the, the like the leap that I'm trying. Not it's not even a leap. It's just a connection. It's just Aaron Jones is a great running back. He's also great in a good usage situation and I think that usage situation needs to be 15 not because like Lamar Miller if you give him 20 he's going to underperform but I don't think he stands to the rigors of 20 plus touches per game and I think we've seen that from his injuries I think we've seen that from his history and I think the Packers by drafting Dexter Williams have shown us they they know that as well and they're going to keep him in that range and when you break it down to 15 touches a game that's where he falls it's still one of the most productive numbers on a per touch basis, but he's an RB two for me. Are you somebody that's going to come after me as well? Because everybody's telling me he should be at least top 15.
0: Well, I have him 19, so I'm not oh, coming so, after hey. I'm, I'm yeah. in the same range. And, and I think it really speaks to, I think this is a fantastic running back year for depth in a top 20. I mean, I, I like Mark Ingram. He's just outside my top 20. And I like, you know, a bunch of guys that are not even in the top 20. It's just, to me, there's, it's a really strong class. And I, one of the first things Matt LaFleur did is, is pick up the mantra of Mike McCarthy and, in in calling, you know, naming Jamal Williams. I'm like, God, can we get rid of Jamal Williams? It, but the guy doesn't go away. And now there's another Williams and Dexter Williams. And like, for whatever reason you go to green Bay and you just aren't willing to say Aaron Jones is our leading man. And, and so that's where we're at again. And I agree with you. I mean, on the number that you're talking about 15, you know, 15 carries or so 12 to 15 carries. And, and, he was pretty good in the passing game down the stretch as well. That kind of seems like his wheelhouse where he really made his hay though. And and something you always have to be worried about when you, when you compare touches to touchdowns is, you know, he was a little bit ahead of the curve in in the amount of times he got in the end zone. And I hate to chase touchdown value. You always chase touch value and, and yardage value that comes with that. But touchdowns can be so fickle that, you know, nine, nine touchdowns on what 150 touches. That's, that's a pretty high rate. So, you know, he could have, a better year with Yardish, but maybe score six or seven touchdowns, come down a few.
1: Yeah, and see, and that's where I'm with you as well. And to go to the whole shared and everybody's like, well, he doesn't have McCarthy to deal with anymore. Did To go back to what we were talking about before, there, people not paying attention to who LaFleur is and what just happened right. in Tennessee. Like right. That was the entire point everybody was complaining about is the fact that, hey, he keeps splitting touches all year until the end of the season with Derrick Henry. I don't think Derrick Henry's last four games have changed LaFleur's plan for his new offense
0: not according to his coach speak and early green bay coach speak cuz that's like, he, like he's already talking about it so you're right i mean it's it's you know it's what his history is and i wouldn't be surprised if we see more of the williamses than aaron jones wa- owners want to see
1: well, yeah, I'm 100% with you. Also, because I am a big fan of Dexter Williams, it's hey, so is Emory Hunt. So that's all everybody needs to know. If there's anybody out there that you want to pay attention, scouting wise? It's Emory Hunt. He's arguably the best in the game. Trust me. It's 755 people he profiled for the draft <laughs> this past year. So when the people are over in the XFL and be like, "Who the heck are this guy? Emery is probably going to pull up and he's like, "Breakdown." And be like, "Yeah, this is why I like him." Uh, speaking of breakdown. Let's talk about a draft I did last night for the Diehards magazine, but this is also one of the ones we play out. This is the first league, Brandon, where it's not a best ball, that it's actually just a regular season we are going to play out, drafting this early, but we're drafting this early because the magazine has to come out. There was a few things I noticed from this. First was the first pick. Now, this is non-PPR. If you have the first pick and non-PPR, are you going to make the same move Kyle did and take Ezekiel Elliott, or are you going Barkley? Because right now, it's by far Barkley is the consensus number one. But I got to say, if I'm in the number one spot, I can see going Zeke for the safetiness. And I don't think the numbers are going to be that much different from Barkley in a non-PPR.
0: Well, that's where I'm at. And, and in a half PPR, I have Zeke ahead of Saquon. But but it's, but it's a razor thin. And, and it has to do with the safeness of it. There is a Daniel Jones with the Giants. There isn't a no Odell. And so there are some question marks. That could actually be better for Saquon. You never know. But right now, it's a question mark. It's an unknown quantity. And with Zeke Elliott, everything's known, right? Like he's played with Amari Cooper. He, he's like, I think he, I, I want to say that he's like in half point PPR or PBR is like 12 points or better in 37 of 40 career games. Like yeah. he's, he's insanely consistent and uh, you know, he had 77 catches. So he's now a PPR back, a big time PPR back. They're using him in every which way. And he's still young. The mileage isn't a concern just yet. So for me, that safety factor gives Elliot just enough of an edge, even though I recognize that Barkley's ceiling's a little bit higher.
1: Yeah, I uh, see. I'm with you on that. And to be honest, this is another one of those type of situations where yeah, actually this is a philosophy question for you. Do you diversify? Like let's say you had 10 drafts and you were the third pick in all of them. Would you say, I yeah, you know what, I'm going to take a few Camaras, I'm going to take a few McCaffreys, I'll take a few DeAndre Hopkins just so I don't have the same thing. Or are you one of the people that is the opposite because there's people out there that like this? I want the same guy on all of my teams as possible because if I'm right, well, that means all of my teams hit and it's much easier to pay attention to.
0: No, I'm a little bit of the – I'm a little bit of the diversified. If I had a number one pick in a half PPR 10 times and my number one guy is Ezekiel Elliott, I'm like I'm like 60 to 70% confident in that. So I'm going to take him probably seven of the drafts and I'm going to take Barkley in three or four of them. You know, okay. it's like it, – it's something like that. So I do like a little bit of diversity because – I mean, you don't want every one of your teams to tank if something goes wrong. I mean, you do need to have you know a little bit of a uh, you know a life raft out there where you went a different direction here and there. You could just
1: and, jump into watching the NBA in October.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that's the thing you got to remember with your rankings is that like you can have conviction, but you really don't know. We know in the NFL, in the NFL and fantasy football that it's there's so many x factors that come into play that it does make sense. It's, it's like, it's like doing your college basketball uh, hoops bracket, you know, like right. you don't do the same one over and over and over again. So, you know, diversify a little bit, give yourself a chance in at least one of them.
1: Right. And you know, this isn't a self back patting thing, but even somebody like myself who has finished as the number one ranker at times, that's still at best, probably about 70% correct. Like, and 70% is not like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like per, like that's everybody hit their exact spot. That's like 70% in the order and similar rankings. And in the so it's like, if you actually said one through 50 and like ranked every guy exactly at the number they were supposed to, we'd probably only be like 30%, right? Just because one spot can switch. But the 70%, still being the point of what you're saying, still almost a third wrong. And it's just yeah. even the best of the best. There's still almost a third wrong. So I'm with you on that. Is that. Like I, I am somebody who likes to have, my same, like for, I'll give you an example. I have 100% shares of Deshaun Hamilton until last night because I'm convinced that somebody took him on purpose just so I couldn't get him. But <laughs> there, that's a later pick, and that's where I'm like, you know what? That's somebody who's going to be on my bench that I want to see break out and believe in because I'm really concerned about Sanders, although his Instagram feed is starting to worry me that he might actually be okay.
0: <laughs> uh, but in that case – Well, like, that's, that's the I'm, thing, though. You, you might – I mean, that's probably someone you're way higher than everybody else is on the consensus. Right. And, and, and you might point, have him, where do you have him, if you don't mind revealing, where do you have him ranked among wide receivers?
1: Uh, I'm going to pull it up right now. Let's see. Deshaun. I, can't, I almost typed Bayshaun. I'm not kidding. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: 42nd. Okay. And I'm not sure where his ADP is, but let's say it's 60. Uh, we'll just oh, ran on
1: that. It might be like, he's going off the board in like the 11th round.
0: Right. So you don't necessarily take him 42nd at wide receiver and drafts. You might take him at 50 among exactly. wide receivers. And exactly. And it's still to you, that's still a big advantage, but to everybody else, they're not ready to take him yet. So that's and an easy to busts just busts
1: at hundred yeah. percent ownership at the 11th round pick. I mean, who cares if your 11th round pick busts across all your leagues?
0: Right, exactly. But if he does what you think he's going to do, then every one of those, you know, it's, it's a huge, huge uptick for every one of those teams.
1: All right. So let's talk about another philosophy thing here. So by the seventh pick of the third round, and yes, it is non PPR still by the seventh pick of this third round, Brandon, 20 running backs were off the board. There was 15 in the first, actually. So there's eight in the first round, 15 by the end of the second and 20 by the middle of the third. Somebody was like, wow, I guess because I tweeted a couple of the picks out, I was going along and then I tweeted that fact out and somebody was like, wow, I guess this go get your running backs and I said, this is somebody, myself, I don't know which one, if you have a philosophy or you've never really stuck to one. I said, this is what, I've always 100% been bell cow running back. Uh, Vaquero and I talked about it a bunch of years ago. I was calling it one running back to push back on the zero RB, or one RB instead of the zero RB like a lot of people were saying. And Chris Vaccaro was the one that said, oh, bell cow, bell is the way to go. And I was like, all right, that's a great way to call it. Um, but I even <laughs> tweeted and I said, Brandon, it's like, however, in a draft like this, there's wide receiver value screaming at you. Like At that point, Adam Thielen and Amari Cooper sandwiched Josh Jacobs as the 20th running back off the board. That might, a draft like this, I could see, as much as I don't like doing it, doing zero RB and making it work because 20 running back, like, where are you? Are you going to say, I'm going to draft, I got to go get my running back because I don't want to miss out? Or are you saying, you know what, maybe I try zero RB again?
0: Well, this is a non-PPR, right? Yeah. I'm guessing that must have come into the equation and, and it's such a dinosaur because I don't draft and I don't play in a non-PPR league anymore, I don't think. <laughs> I honestly don't think I have a standard league left. All so, right, let's
1: pretend it's half.
0: Okay, let's pretend it's half. I, I just really think that there's uh, equally strong value in the top 20 at wide receiver as there is at running back. I mentioned how I thought that the the running back class was really strong. I think the top 20 wide receivers are really strong too, so I'm a little bit surprised uh, that – you know, there was such an emphasis on running backs. I do believe probably that the, the format had a little bit to do with that. Uh, I think they should go fairly evenly. And I think it, I, I counted out in our in our three ra- first three rounds of the mock draft we did for the athletic, there was two tight ends. And did Kittle go into the fourth? Maybe it was three tight ends. But there was an equal amount of running backs and wide receivers that went in the first three rounds, which I thought right. was pretty crazy. So – uh, this is skewed from that for sure. Uh, I think where where the running backs get value is in that 20 to 30 range versus the 20 to 30 range wide receivers. I think that's where I like the running backs better. But in that first 20, I think it's you can go back and forth uh, fairly liberally. All
1: right, so speaking of those wide receivers, and again, we'll pretend this is half, but even in a non PPR, I kind of feel this way. Is Julian Edelman an amazing value right now? Because I asked that, obviously, with my opinion pretty clear that I believe so. The fact that you look at what he did last year after being out for four games and the fact that he's wide receiver one and they don't have Gronkowski and they got a rookie and Dontrell and all these other pieces that they're trying to find an answer for number two. And Julian Edelman's still being treated as a mid-level wide receiver two in even full PPR drafts. And I just feel like he's a wide receiver one this year. Like I, I feel like he's getting so disrespected.
0: Oh, man, I I agree. Like, I think about the idea – I talk about Evan Ingram playing 16 games. If Julian Edelman plays 16 games, he could get 120 catches. I mean, that's not – it's not hyperbolic at all. I mean, and you remember that Kansas City game when everybody in the stadium knew when they were going to throw to Julian Edelman. You still can't stop it. They have such a good connection. They know the chemistry between Brady and Edelman's pretty much unstoppable. And, you know, you can always find a way to get a completion to Edelman when you need to. And like you said – Gronkowski's gone. Josh Gordon's gone. They got rookies vying for the number two spot there. I mean, he's go, He's not going to hurt for targets. It's just whether he can stay on the field. And uh, if he can play – if he's 14-plus games, in my mind, he's absolutely a top-12 wide receiver in PPR leagues.
1: Yeah, to your point, is he could easily have that 100-plus 100 reception, 100 receptions over 1,000 yards and eight or so touchdowns, which he's done before with Gronkowski – so I think, like I said, I'm with you. Here's the last interesting player one, and then we're going to sprinkle in some baseball for everybody. Uh, the one that I tweeted out and got a lot of pushback from people joking and people are like, ah, they're just doing it just to do it. And somebody was like, hipsters are going to be hipsters. Has <laughs> Andrew Luck taking over Patrick Mahomes? Now, granted, they went back to back, but still Andrew Luck was the first quarterback off the board. With the Tyreek Hill situation, we know – look, we already know it's that. We already know there's regression expected with Kansas City, similar to the Falcons in 2016. We understand that as great as they were, there has to be some regression. But I think that Mahomes just becomes now in the conversation for the number one quarterback and still is. I I can't see myself pulling the trigger with luck over him if he's still on the board. Would you – ever do that is that are you to think this? well
0: this would this would assume that i'm going to be willing to be the first guy to take a quarterback in the draft right, right. like that and we both know neither one of us are probably going to be that guy did but you happen
1: to see how i did my quarterbacks in this draft did you see uh, them? let
0: me let me let me look really quickly so yeah I, exactly that's uh that's that's my method I I think waited in our until mock,
1: 14th <laughs> yeah. round and took lamar jackson as the 15th quarterback off the board and then i took garoppolo as the 20th quarterback off the board in the second to last round and I'm
0: thrilled perfect. with that. Yep, perfect. Uh, the, the draft of the, on The Athletic, I took Wentz in the 11th, and I'm looking at Wentz. He went in the 11th here. So and I took I, you freaking
1: know, Ben Roethlisberger in the last round of that draft.
0: I know. I know. It's <laughs> crazy. But back to the Luck-Mahomes thing, I have Luck number two. I agree. I think it's a conversation now, though. I'm not sure I would take uh, Luck ahead of Mahomes, but I think, you know, there's not going to be that gap that we saw last year uh, as Mahomes and then the rest of the league. I think uh, we saw that. The regressions start to even happen last year. But I love the Colts this year. I just – they look so good down the stretch last year. They've added pieces. Paris Campbell, Jack Doyle's back. Um, I just – I just really believe that offensive line looks like it's moving in the right direction. I think the Colts end up being the Super Bowl team from the AFC and it's going to be because they're going to have a great offense and and a much improved defense. But um, I think,
1: if you're going to drop that, you might as well drop who's the NFC representative for you.
0: Oh, NFC representative. I don't think that's, I don't know. I'm I'm not there yet. I I just think the Colts are. (laughs) No, no, come on. Pick somebody as of today and it can't be your Seahawks. Okay, um, it can't be my Seahawks. <laughs> I will go with um, it's gonna be someone in the NFC South. Let's go with um, I guess uh, let's go to the Saints. Saints, oh, go to Saints. I'll go to the Saints. I go the Saints. I would like to Saints. I'd say that very little, little little conviction on that, but I'll say the Saints.
1: I, I had the Saints Chargers last year. Came kind of no, close.
0: I, not bad. Yeah, I think the Chargers uh should, probably should have been there. They just. They're just a, a playoff disappointment kind of team. That's just Yeah, they feel like they're
1: always yeah, that that second rate just never gonna get past that little hump. And it kind of feels like this might be their last like I don't know. Philip Rivers had how I many more seasons Philip Rivers had?
0: Maybe a couple, a uh, two, three, but like I think it's sort of an indictment on Rivers, right? I think that was a really good team. Like Rivers he's gonna he's gonna end up with a very good reputation when it's all said and done. He's you know probably a Hall of Famer. But like never anything to really hang a big playoff wins on or anything like that to say that he was you know such a big thing, thing when you look back at you know posterity with quarterbacks and and stuff like that is what do they do in the playoffs? Did they ever get to a Super Bowl? I think he's had some teams yeah. that could have, could have done it. Like Brady's yeah. taken Brady's taken worse teams to the Super Bowl. You know <laughs> that's for sure. No, so.
1: no, there's no question about. It. I think yeah. To your point, I think if he never makes a Super Bowl. I think this might be somebody that ends up in a conversation of like, are we really going to put him in or did he compile numbers? I think and, and a compile numbers in an age where passing numbers were skyrocketing. So, right. right. Hey, we'll just remember that we'll have to have this conversation and put a pin in it. Yep. Yeah. All right. So a little bit of baseball. Uh, there's two things I want to talk to you about. Similar situations here. Dallas Keuchel, Looks like he's about ready to start, according to reports, which is earlier than Craig Kimbrell is ready to come out of the bullpen for the Cubs, which is surprising to me. But not just only because Brad Ziegler said that on the podcast that Kimbrell should have an easier time coming back, but the results are also, he a you know what, obviously it's changed. He would have put his money on Kimbrell, but at the same time, he's still saying and still sticking to the fact that Keichel's not going to stink but he can see Keichel having a lot more struggles initially because he's still basically coming out of spring training, whereas a reliever can acclimate. Is that a, can, did I just use that right? Is acclimate the right word?
0: Yeah. I was unfazed by that. It okay, so yeah there you perfectly go. Perfectly used, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so That camera will be readier for it, but so Keichel's looking great so far. Where are you where your first start, for a pitcher whether it's Keuchel who just signed is it somebody coming back off the DL with a pitcher do you start them in their very first start back
0: Uh, I think with a power pitcher you know in in a in a in kind of like a regular uh standard five by five league where I want the strikeouts and I feel like the guy's going to give me a strikeout per inning most likely regardless I think with Dallas Keuchel he's he's always been a finesse pitcher and that's that can sometimes take longer to get the right feel and to kind of get in the groove. Um, but he's never been a big strikeout guy. He's had a couple of years where he started to push the, you know, caper inning level, but what was he last year? Two hundred and four innings pitched, 153 strikeouts, you know, three seven four ERA, one three one whip. I mean, those ratios aren't even like that good. Not, not that great. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play, watch, and see. And he had one good he had one good minor league start and one kind of average one. It there was no like he was just going and dominating minor league hitting. You know, so right. like I, to me, I'm like I need to see him. He's been out for a long time you know, I, I can, you could get hung with like a five, six spot on this one. And if you're if or even you're worse and yeah. that's,
1: and that's, I didn't want to give you my answer, but that's how I always feel too, is unless you're an elite pitcher and I know the elite gets tossed around a lot, but I think people understand like an SP one to your point with the strikeout upside, like Kyle Hendricks, when he's coming back, I mean, the way he was pitching ratio wise, it's probably fringe pitcher one SP one, right. but he doesn't have the strikeout level of like somebody does like a Trevor Bauer who just turned the corner. Hopefully for the rest of the season <laughs> where we really have to hope for that. But even like let's go even go higher like Clayton Kershaw. I was starting in all of my leagues immediately when he came back that I owned him and and it's like what you're saying is I'm always worried that if you don't have that elite level of talent pitching wise you could do so much damage where it takes you two to three weeks just to make up for like if if Keichel comes out three innings, six runs four walks and two strikeouts you're gonna, you're going to spend the next two weeks hoping that you can get back to where you were before that start.
0: Right. Yep. Absolutely agree. And Keuchel is a finesse guy, as I said. And if he has a great game, it's going to be because he gets a quality start that's going to be kind of, you know, it plays better in, in points leagues or whatever, or, you, or or leagues that you might get. But are they even going to throw him six innings, right? Like, right.
1: Exactly. So, yeah, so well. I'm assuming you agree as well on the flip side of it, is that if it's a hitter, just go ahead and throw him in, because what's the worst case scenario is you go over. Oh, Five, maybe if you get like a lot of plate appearances, because we have Stanton Gallo, Judge, and El are all ready to come back. I mean, it, it, within the week, if not sooner, for some of these guys. Uh, again, because of the upside you bring from hitting, and there's such little downside from one day of going 0 for 4, I'm assuming you're plugging everybody. Like, would you even go down to like a Michael Conforto, who's like outfielder 30 ish? Like, I'm just plugging my hitters in if they're my best hitters.
0: Yeah. I am too. There's just no question. They're playing. Okay, they're back. They're good. Mm All right, you know Stanton, Gallo, and Judge. You know you could miss you could miss a two home run game right out of the gate. You know you got to be careful with those guys. So uh, you definitely want to throw them back in. Altuve. I mean, you're still throwing him in. He's still a great player. It's just crazy that we're seeing you know we're seeing kind of a different Altuve where he's just not running at all you know so you're not worried about yeah. losing the stolen base he's still a good enough hitter and a good enough lineup that you know I'm going to throw him back in there
1: yeah I, there's no question is any of those real quick is maybe at Altuve we'll close out on this any of those that you would consider selling high on because one of the things I also like to preach and see if you agree with is when anytime somebody ready to debut like a rookie or somebody coming off the DL and this goes for fantasy football too their value is usually the highest it's ever going to be right before they play because everybody gets excited for the best case scenario and kind of just expect that to happen. Is there any of these four that you would say, you know what, maybe Altuve, he's been kind of hitchy the entire year. I'm going to just sell if somebody gives me Altuve value.
0: Oh, if I could go out and say, Oh, Altuve, he's, he's come back from the DL. Finally, he's going to be able to run again. You know, if I could sell that to somebody that they actually believe that's true, like, then I would, I would sell out to me, you know, if, if someone's going to buy the fact that he's going to be a, you know, a 15 to 20 plus stolen base guy, you know, I think we did our over under on the round table a couple of weeks ago on, on whether he would get to 10 stolen bases this year, every one of us. And I think there was six or seven of us said under on that. So, um, <laughs> if you can find somebody out there that will believe that he's back from the DL and that he's healthy now and Oh, he'll start running again then I would sell that. But I think I would sell on any one of these guys if, uh, like especially Gallo since he was, you know, BABIP and and it seems like there was a whole lot of luck uh, involved. He's obviously turning a corner as a, as a professional. And he's starting to become someone who we don't necessarily can't really look at as a Mendoza line hitter anymore. But I think he's more of a 240 to 250 guy than he, than he was, what was he like 280 or something? uh, 300. Where was he at in batting average when he went out?
1: Oh, 85. Yeah.
0: No, Gallo. Gallo. Oh, Gallo. I think he,
1: yeah, I think he was like 250, 260. He was actually. Oh,
0: okay. So he'd already started to come down a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I see. think with Gallo, he was, he was a bit over no, his two, head. He,
1: 276. Okay. But the back of yeah. his 385. But it is Gallo. But I want to say to your point, like, I want to say before he left. Yeah, there was that last week and a half before he left, a lot of O for fives and fours, and no more than one hit in a game.
0: Right, because I know he was two eighty plus uh, for most of the year until that right before he went out. So, um, you know, if again, if I can sell Gallo as a two eighty hitter, that I think he was, you know, everything was the best of the best for Gallo before he got hurt. Like I, I don't know know if he can sustain that level coming back for the rest of the way. So I'd be willing to sell him if people are going to buy him at that value that he left off at. So everybody's prices. I think you're right. Like sometimes there's just like oh, this guy's coming back. People get excited and you can maybe take advantage of that and it's worth at least trying to see if someone's like over, over hyping it, you know? <laughs> <Not over> so
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's give everybody what you got coming up because uh, like you're, you, well, yeah, I guess podcast wise because you're doing so much editing you don't get to write as many articles but like right. tell everybody podcast. like you mentioned it earlier but give them a refresher and let them know all the podcast work and then how about what your next football article
0: is? Yeah, all right. So we're gonna do almost daily today. I mentioned at the top of the show uh, with D.V.R. and Al Melk uh, I do have my side project with Brad Evans, another industry guy, longtime uh, friend of mine, and it's, it's a fancy record. We'll be putting that out this week as well. And I'm I'm gonna roll out some rankings, Jake. Uh, we're just gonna we're gonna see. I might just go solo, but I will be <laughs> debuting my big board at some point in the next few weeks, uh, if not sooner. And so probably the next. Thing I will do is rankings i 'll probably try to get another fantasy football round table out because those seem to be pretty popular and i like to, I like to do the things where we just pull in a lot of different opinion because that's that 's the name of the game that 's what people like to see it 's like as much as they they know and respect your rankings. I don't think anybody gets tired of just seeing what another guy thinks, you know, and, and, and comparing and contrasting. So to me, that's fun to just kind of pull rope in a bunch of different opinions on different topics that are sort of lightning rod at the moment. And so we'll do, we do another one of those pretty soon.
1: Yeah. Plus you always get like a little pop culture or something in there involved as well. So that's, that's right. Always,
0: yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'll throw a bone to you one of these days and, and see what everybody else thinks about cereal. And where they're <laughs> at. <laughs>
1: <laughs> terrible takes. I can guarantee you already like fruit loops. It's not, it's the same damn flavor, all the colors and it's not that good. And it's like, whatever. Anyway, he is really good. Ball <laughs> Brandon at Brandon Funston, not one be fun anymore. Uh, at Brandon Funston and make sure you listen to the podcasts. They are great information, especially when you get you the three, the three out uh, today. I'm, you know, I'm listening to that. If you play fancy baseball, you don't listen to the, the, almost daily today with DVR, you and, and Al Melchior, forget about that. That's insane. But Continue to look for more added to the draft kit. We're going to be doing that all the way from now until kickoff day. And Brandon's going to be part of it. I'll be part of it. Nando, it's a huge draft kit. You're going to love it. I'll be back next Wednesday. Once again, I appreciate you, Brandon. Have a good one, everybody. All right, and as promised, here is the uh, Marvel, what I called it. It's the we're doing, Chris. What we're doing here is the the, the minute, the mid credits, so to speak, intro, outro, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we're jumping in the middle of the song as it's being played out, and you're getting your mid credits scene because <laughs> I figured I gotta tell somebody. I, I, I could have told the story. I don't know if you saw it. I did a poll because I was saying I was like, "All right, would you guys rather hear it now at 12:30?" Me speaking to myself. Or would you rather wait for Chris? And surprisingly, speaking to myself, one fifty seven fifty-seven to forty-three percent, barely, which I didn't think was enough not to tell you. And then the yeah. second part is, as I mentioned, the uh, the landscaping people screwed it up anyway.
2: <laughs> Those landscapers, tis the season for that. Well, hey man, I'll take that percentage. Forty-three <laughs> I mean, I percent
1: wanted you to be around. That's, I thought it was pretty significant.
2: I'm seeing it right now. Yeah, the super quick pull. I, that is pretty significant. I, you know, I don't think that great of myself, so I would think going in would be like a twenty-five, twenty-seven <laughs> percent. I would have taken that. So,
1: well, look, yeah, looking at that okay. one, they wanted to wait three hours to hear you to see what you would have to say. And there's a there's a specific part I'm very interested to see your reaction to, but. For anybody that's wondering what the hell we're talking about, why I jumped into the outro is because people have been asking, and we brought it up briefly. I actually forget what episode it was, but talking about shooting my shot and that there was a cute receptionist at the dentist's office I work at, blah, blah. So here's the quick version of that to get everybody on the same page that hasn't heard that yet. So there's a dentist. It's not a full regular dentist. This is actually gum surgery that I had. So if you walk into the office The best way I can describe it is if you walk up to one of the windows, it's about the size of like two terminals at like a Chick-fil-A. So that's about the width of it. It's not very big. The one window to the left is always open. That's where the receptionist for my dental procedure person, whatever they're called when they do gum surgery. That's where she sits. The cute girl sits at the other one. Her window is always closed. So... First of all, it's not like she's approachable. Like I'd have to like go, hey, open your window, knock, knock, knock whatever. <laughs> so this is it. So anyway, I was leaving one time and they were trying to schedule me and it was in August is what they wanted to schedule. And as I was leaving, now I haven't talked to her at this point yet. And as I was leaving, I was like, oh, that's going to be tough. August is right. Like that's, it's not quite the worst month, but it's close to it because football is coming. I'm traveling a lot. I said, so I could say yes to the schedule, but I might have to change it. And as they were saying other things, she jumped into the conversation first time ever mm. and said, oh, what do you do? And I said, I actually cover fantasy football and baseball. I know that's never the answer you want to give because girls are going to be like, oh, whatever. But <laughs> I was like, you know, I wasn't thinking of anything of it at this point. And she's like, oh, that's actually interesting. And she's like, yeah, like I, I went to Louisville and started talking about college football. So it's was like, oh, wow, like let's talk Lamar Jackson. And we kind of joked around a little bit. So I left. So that's where we left things off. And then it came to the whole shooting your shot and how the best way to do it. Because still, Chris, going back and telling you that, now they're both sitting facing the waiting room, which is a very small waiting room. I mean, we're talking like three bathroom sizes here. Like, it's just, it's not very big. And four of the seats face right at the window. And there's also people that sit behind them. So they kind of, there's a, there's a very small window where if I would even just say, hey, do you want to grab a coffee? At least three people would have heard it. And also, Chris, I don't know if you saw is when I was asking about this, a lot of people were saying, you got to be careful coming from the girl side of things, because anybody working in that kind of situation is going to force to have to be a little bit nicer than normal. Make sense?
2: Does a little yes. bit.
1: So with all that in mind, you know, I was trying to think of a way to do it and not make it uncomfortable for her. Like, I'm not worried about the rejection. I just, I didn't want to make it uncomfortable for her. I don't want everybody to like look at her. And then if she says, so... What I came up with is I kind of wrote a jokey, tongue-in-cheek, personality-me-wise note. And it basically said that. It's like, hey, sneak it away. i of, of asking you to coffee. Maybe we can talk some Lamar Jackson, haha, <laughs> whatever. And I said, but, one, I would be surprised if somebody as cute as you wasn't taken. And then, two, I didn't want to make it awkward for you if you were because then you have to say no in front of everybody or I'm asking Like, it makes your office place weird and then people talk about it. So, I made that whole thing. I said, so, if you're are single, which I'd be surprised. Circle yes or no. If you, I said, oh, wait, wait, that doesn't work. You weren't actually passing notes in college or high school or anything. (laughs) I said, so here's my number. If you want to go out, you know, let me know and maybe I'll actually get this note back with a circled yes. And that was the note. So, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. So, I was there this past week. I went there. I was on my way out. Now, when you're on your way out, this is hard to explain, but you go out a different way than you come in. Where you actually almost pass right by her, and I was talking to the billing department. And Chris, so now the billing department's talking to me. I'm trying to catch her eye. I can't. She's just facing the other direction of where the billing department is. So I just walk over there, and I wore my Notre Dame T-shirt because Notre Dame plays Louisville's the first football game this season. Very nice, nice yep. touch. Yeah, I said, "Did you even notice what shirt I was wearing?" She goes, "Oh, what?" And I was like, "Up, oh, Notre Dame." I was like, "It's the first game of the season." She's like, oh my gosh, I haven't even looked at the schedule yet. And we started talking a little bit. And I said, here, I didn't want to make it too weird. And that's exactly like, those are the words I said to her. It's like, I didn't want to make it too weird. Don't worry about it if it is. And I just handed her a note. She said, oh, okay, thanks. And then I went and wrapped up with the billing department. Now, here's the part, Chris. There's two things I didn't hear from her. So, obviously, got turned down. Maybe she's not single. as Like I said, she's very cute. I would be surprised if she was single. Here, here's, the, here's the rub on top of it, Chris. So, I want your evaluation of the entire thing. But at the same time, she did get up while I was talking to the billing department after handing her a note. Walked into, like, the supply room. And if I'm not mistaken, Chris, I heard a shredder. Now, <laughs> no. Did we have to go that far? Like, I appreciate destroying the evidence <laughs> in my phone number. But... Like, I didn't want to say, like, I de- Like, I, I. was like, maybe that I heard things, maybe that, or maybe it wasn't even related. But when I haven't heard from her now in two, three days or whatever it was, I've clearly she's not going to text me or call or whatever. But it, like, do we need to shred it? Do we have to take it to that level?
2: I th- man, that's the kicker of the entire story. I did not think you were going to go there. Um, <laughs> I don't think she shredded the note. She seems like, from listening to the story, she seems like she's at least a nice girl like she didn't just like take the note crumble it she had a conversation with before she was seemed interested in what you were doing for work she engaged a little bit of a back and forth there with football so it seems like you have an in at least for i like how you approached it you went to her you talked to her gave her the note you said you didn't want this to be weird i kind of would have put her on the spot in front of a you know a couple people i would have (laughs) said hey do you want to have a go for a or, you know, a, a coffee after work or later this week. And then not that she would have felt pressure to say yes, because that's not what you want. You, If she wants to say yes, that's what, you know, you want her to be able to, you know, do what she wants to do and say what she wants to say. But with a couple people around, she may have just said yes anyways. Uh, or she would have, you would have got the a direct response like, no, I have a boyfriend or like that would have eventually came out. That may have come out right away. Like if there was a couple people around, and they knew she had a boyfriend, she would have to say it. She would be like, you know, boyfriend, I'm in a relationship. If she's lying, then she's like, people will look at her a little differently at work. So she, you would you would have gotten the answer there. I would have been a little bit more forward, but I like the approach. I don't think you should shut it down yet. Obviously, you don't want to go back and you know double down, but it's only been a couple <laughs> oh, yeah. days. Before, like, right? Give her another note. <laughs> yeah, yeah you know, maybe you don't do that, but it's only been a two or three days, right? I'd say you give her... Give her the weekend, you know? Maybe she's been working hard. Maybe she has Saturday and Sunday off. She can kind of regroup and and get her thoughts together. But I I wouldn't count it out yet.
0: Oh, no, I definitely... No?
1: Okay, so, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm, I, I've already... I think it's a zero.
2: You think it's a zero? Okay, yeah. no, I... From, you know, the gathering the conversation... I, I don't think she shredded the note, man. There's no way she shredded the note. Like <laughs> she would I? just take the note and crumple it and put it in... And it just happened. Wasn't that like minutes later? There's no way.
1: <laughs> so, so the timeline exactly. So now, mind you, okay, standing in front of the building department is perpendicular, like a T, to where she was sitting. So yeah. she was half into a doorway because it's like into the office of where she's sitting. So it's the back entrance into their office is where you leave the entire office building. So that's why you kind of cross that path. So like I said I kind of had to walk around the corner to get her to cuz like she was facing the completely opposite direction. I had to say I had to say something and speak and get her attention to mention the whole Notre Dame thing. So I'm just saying like she was sitting at her computer working and like she wasn't getting up. She hadn't already gotten up. She didn't get up until <laughs> I came back around the corner, started having the conversation with the billing department cuz the billing part was on a phone. That's why it worked out timing-wise. I didn't have to like stop the billing lady from talking to me. Uh, but so once i was talking to her i saw it out of the corner of my eye i saw her get up and i'm like oh wait maybe this is going really well and she's going to jokingly <laughs> give it back to me right yeah so yeah. she went into the other room and then i hear it, and i'm just <laughs> so i'm just saying like two and two putting two together i just feel like that's what happened
2: <laughs> oh man that's jokes like even if it did i don't mean to laugh at you but that is that would be hysterical i don't i don't I I think don't it's kind of funny. <laughs> But I feel like, you know, I feel like you got some good vibes from her. Like, how many smiles? Yeah, like how many smiles did you get in the exchange? Did you get one or two? Like, yeah, as you're talking about, okay, like, so yeah. there's something there. Like, she didn't, so she didn't seem stuck up. Like, uh, you know, to shred a note within like. I joked
1: about hating Alabama, so.
2: Okay, well, so you guys joked you had a little bit of an exchange. Hey, maybe she's creeping you a little bit. Maybe she's checking out your work at The Athletic. Maybe she's listening to this podcast.
1: <laughs> if it is, this is going really bad. It's going <laughs> real Some people well, might not so. want them put on blast and have their information out there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if she is, uh, if you are, like, uh, give my boy Jakey Jakey here a little uh, little shot, a little cup of coffee. But uh, I wouldn't put it out yet, but man, if she did shred that note instantly, then she's not the one for you.
1: (laughs) No, definitely. I just, I just even like, so let's assume she did here for a second. And I am correcting my assumption. Like that's gotta be like that. I have to, that's gotta be like top three rejections of all time. Right. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> at least I have that going for me. Yeah. At least you, yeah, for
2: sure. I mean, it could only go up from here if, if that is the case. It's funny. I was watching the breakup the other day. It was on TV. I was just back and forth, like scrambling through TV. I think like Fear pictures on, It was like all these baseball movies, even though it's not a baseball movie, but that's the start of it with Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston. And I don't know if you remember that, but he sees Jennifer Anderson in his aisle and he's getting some hot dogs, but he just gets hot dogs to talk to her and he's like forces her to get, you know, to eat these hot dogs, forces her <laughs> to, you know, go out after. And she's just keeps saying no and shutting it down. Like, no, it's not happening. It's not happening. Sometimes to be a little persistent or to not make it awkward in front of a lot of people because there are some people around in that scene. Again, going back to the fact that, <laughs> hey, there's a couple people around here in front. Maybe you just that's going forward. Maybe you just drop that line in front and, and you see what kind of response you get.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not going to be back until August. So. <laughs>
2: well, that's the thing. Like, when are you going back to the, is it going to be awkward then you go back to the dentist? Oh no,
1: no, no, Because the one good thing, so the, the, there's four seats that face the windows and there's an additional two seats that are not perpendicular to those seats that are against the door where you go to the back. So I could sit in those two seats and not even face her like that actually would be completely out of the vision of anybody in the office. So there's definitely that, I mean, but actually that was part of the note too. It says like, I, I forgot about that. I included there, it said, you know, if you are taken as is my assumption, then, you know, pretend we never got the note and we'll just move on and everything will be just as it was. And, you know, move. so maybe that's what it is. She's pretending she never got the note. and shredded it.
2: <laughs> maybe. And you know, maybe you're right. Like if she is cute, like, and, and I, you know, I trust your, um, your senses there that she could have, She could be in a relationship, and she yeah, she just wants to get rid of that note right away. But I mean, you think you'd wait it out a little bit longer until you know the other person is left. But uh, yeah, who who knows, man? Uh, I I think (laughs) we need more aggressive. No more notes. How about that? No more notes. Next time, oh, just-
1: no, no. I'm definitely done with the nose, and I like maybe like a sticky. Where we make an airplane out of it and throw it at her. No, a, little,
2: a little hard sticky. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Here's the thing: is I, this Got me thinking. Is like I really wish there was like a pre-engagement ring like because the clearest thing is like she's not wearing a ring. She's not engaged, she's not married. Okay, that's it. But like a pre like hey, I'm taking ring, like we like think, mm-hmm. think this needs to be in development. Like maybe you wear one on your right hand on your ring finger. Like if you're in a like in a relationship so people don't even bother you if you are. Like that would, you know, there needs yeah. to be something. Like cuz then I would just cuz that's the thing is, you know, I could go online and be like, "Hey, let me search blah blah blah." Yeah. See if I can come across her Instagram and see if she's got a boyfriend or something like that and then we could avoid it all together. Again, that was the whole reason of what I said in the note and the whole reason behind the note is that if you were taken, I don't want you to feel awkward when I do it. Like I legitimately was more about I don't want her to feel awkward saying no when I come back in front of everybody at the office. Like that was again the Yeah, no, it was work. the
2: nice guy approach. It was the nice guy approach. Which maybe I'm... it
1: doesn't work these days.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah, you know it's hit or miss. It's uh, oh, there's like some I girls like out there, have had there had who like to go up nice to the guy.
1: window. I would yeah. have to like be like you know, hey, open your window. Hey, like, ha, 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 Louisville, blah, blah, blah. Hey, do you want to go to coffee? And everybody would have seen, everybody but like, like, what are you doing? It just would have been so obvious. It would
2: have been a little awkward, a little, yeah. And you put her in a bad spot. She, you know, the sweats start coming and she starts stuttering and who knows what would have happened there. But I would have, I would have went that approach. That's what I, I would have. Yeah, at least it would a good story. Oh, and this is <laughs> too, I guess, so I half
1: sacked like, up, not full sacked up. Yeah, you
2: did. You half. You, I'm, I'm proud of the effort. How would
1: you, how would you grade the entire thing?
2: So that's what I, that's where I was gonna go. Like I am proud of the effort that you you had the stones to to go back, write the note, and and you know talk to her, wear the shirt, for that's, <laughs> that as well. I, I give it a B. I give it a B minus. Oh, uh,
1: minus. Yeah, oh, I was thinking just a steady front of my face. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I Again, I to me, I just not that it's not that it would be, to, and I guess it may be a little awkward. I that's what I'm all about the not the awkwardness, but the confrontation. <laughs> like get in there, put her on the spot, let her have it. And for her, she's thinking, "Whoa, like wow, it's probably a little awkward for this guy too to to do this in front of you know me, which I've." you know, hardly know him and you know, all my coworkers. So you know, you never know what kind of response you're gonna get from it. But it's it's not about effort. It's not about effort. Like there's nothing wrong with the B minus.
1: <laughs> Next up. Hey ladies, I got a question for her. I'm gonna ask her a question. If you wanna just sit there and just be quiet for a second.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> a yeah, really big deal. You have you half manned up.
1: Eh, well hey, you know, I'm gonna die virgin no, well, no encouraging even... moment.
2: <laughs> die, die, die alone. <laughs> <laughs> die alone. Big difference.
1: Same thing Big at difference. this point. I, yeah. I, you, I
2: you know, listen, when you don't have a ring on, they're they're fair game. I mean, if they have a relationship, sure, but fellas listening, I mean, put a ring on your on your lady because there you go. a lot of people that won't care about that Some, stuff.
1: Somebody like Jake's gonna pass her a note <laughs> like she's in high school. Be That's careful. Right.
2: That's <laughs> right. Put a ring on it. <laughs>
1: uh, Anyway, well, see, uh, whether or not you want to chris on, I enjoyed it much more getting somebody else's opinion and actually getting to great at this and talking with somebody else and well, then everybody got their story. Everybody wanted to know what happened, that's what happened. I shot my shot. I don't know if you saw it, Chris, but I put up the gif from the good old Lakers days of our friend Nick Young. And Nick
2: Young with the 3 and he thinks he's got it. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: That's that's nice. pretty much how I, I thought the conversation was going well. We were talking sports, ha ha ha, Louisville and a uh, clonk as I went. That's walked
2: why in. I think it's not dead yet. I don't think it's dead. And 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 I want to hear some grades from the listeners. Give some grades as well. Um and, and let me know if you think it's dead because I think it's I still think, open.
1: I think uh, it's still I think it might be what the ladies were saying. I think what is every time I say ladies sounds like such a weird word. Like <laughs> have you seen Dimitri Martin? He said if you want to make anything sound creepy, just put ladies at the end of it. <laughs> Like, yeah. hey i love this ice cream ladies like it just it sounds so anyway uh i was gonna say that point being of like you have to be nice in that setting if you work in that setting so you're... yeah but
2: then you're forced but then you're forced and she, not that again it's probably a bad way to to look at it but whatever you get yourself the date you force her into saying yes
1: <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want somebody like if she, to like, if she didn't go really everywhere. want
2: to she, if she didn't really want to she would she would buck up and say it in front of her friends. Again, she would say, no, I'm sorry. I have a boyfriend. And then they'd have a laugh after "Ha, oh, You don't really have a boyfriend or what's wrong with you. You know, that guy was, you know, he seemed all right. Like, why didn't you go with him? So, I mean, you you force her into that. And then you win her over on that first date, right? Like Vince Vaughn did with Jennifer Aniston. force nah. her into it. And then it's a good time. And then there you go. They break I'll up. Just go, I'll later. just go
1: jump up on the apps, Chris. And it's like swipe, swipe. You match. Text, text, text. All right. We both ghosted each other a week later. Like that's, a, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's apparently the new world. I'll just do that instead.
2: It, it just sounds like you need to be a little bit more aggressive. Just a little bit more. Keep taking that shot. Nick Young didn't, you know, he he was taking shots afterwards. So he didn't let that
1: keep hoisting him. All right. That's right. <laughs> there's the, there's the advice from Chris Meany. You know him. Follow him at Chris Meany. Might as well. He look. He took time out of this is free time out of his day that he came on to do go do this. So it's totally worth at, it. Yeah, at Chris Meany. over the Athletic Podcast Sports on Seal. We I think is where we brought it up in the first place, but I legitimately yeah. don't remember at this point. So we'll be back. Hey, tomorrow Thursday we got that show going on, and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this um, music. Uh, <laughs>